you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL Podcast has had enough of the offseason. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a conference room filled with some heroes. Chris Wessling, right across from me. Hey, Dan. You hear that? Wes, you hear that? What is that? I hear something. It's like a, a, a mist. A, I see a shadowy figure. Not a league figure. Shadow. A mysterious. Scrounging. Slender. <laughs> good, good physical shape. Specimen. How you doing, guys? <gasps> <laughs> Mark, welcome back. He's alive. <laughs> welcome back, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. I uh, From the wilderness. I have to say that I think I cracked the code on how to schedule uh, summer vacation, and I will literally be doing this next year and every year after that I'm employed here, is uh, you have to sandwich your to backload your vacation and sandwich it around the July 4th week because it was my intention to be in here that week of shows and to be <laughs> plugging away. But then the week previous, when I was somewhere on the East Coast, you guys recorded the July 4th episode. Right. So I simply had no responsibilities at all that week, and it <laughs> turned into this epic uh, work stay away. So you were here. This We're piecing some of this together now in real time, uh, Wes and I. So you were here that July 4th week, quote-unquote, working. I mean, I was here. <laughs> working is a stretch. I mean, Because you know. there, was, there was some thought, um, and I know you're, when you're on vacation, don't expect you to be tracking the podcast closely or even sure. Twitter. You didn't seem active on social media. There was some thought on the show and amongst the audience that perhaps you'd finally done it. You had detached from the mainframe and gone on to the next thing in life. 
uh, whatever that may be, including working at a CVS somewhere in middle America. I mean, I pondered all the possibilities because suddenly, and I, Wes, I would imagine you're the only one that could really even have had this experience where when you're away for three weeks from this show, which we've done religiously outside of being gone or maybe a week here or there, I started to forget that I was even on this show. <laughs> I started to, like, I didn't listen to a lick of it. So you're right. I had no idea what was happening. And you, I, I kind of, I would say that I missed it, but I, it was a very strange experience. And I, I, this sounds cheesy, but it made me think. Last night I was like, I kind of miss these guys. Like, I have not oh, done good. a show with these people in so long. <laughs> and so the three of you, and Greg is not here today, but... I wanted just to say that it's it's great to be back. It was very oh, nice. awkward to be. So if any of this if this thing comes to a crashing halt at some point, the transition will be rough for all of us. I predict. Uh, we felt the same way. We we said we missed Mark, and uh, it did feel like a long time. We didn't really see or hear from you either. And then you started piecing together other things, like <laughs> you dropped the NFL from your Twitter handle. Mm, very coincidental. Your, your desk looked more Spartan than ever. Uh, that's been the case for a while. But the, the, the name drop of the NFL I've been working on for a long time, and uh, it triggered immediately when I took the vacation. So it, it is suspicious. And Greg made the good point on our last show that I think we all kind of felt, although we would have missed you so much, that like Ben Affleck's character in Goodwill Hunting, the best part of his day was walking up to Damon's house and hoping that he wouldn't be at the door to go to the construction site. Because he, he had just left without saying goodbye, Damon. Right. To, gone on to something that kind of appeased him, f- fulfilled him as a man. And if that would have happened to you, we would all have been sad. But we also would have been like, we get it. Greg may be less sad than the rest. But um, I, I, Some birds aren't meant know, to be caged. Mark. No, and I, I, Matt Damon has life options that I do not have. So <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> um, all right. So Mark's back. We're getting there. We're getting close to getting... Uh, I'd use the pop culture reference with the Avengers. There's some type of stones or something. Infinity stones, I Infinity think. Infinity stones? <laughs> you looked yes. at me with, when you said <laughs> You collect the stones, and then when you get them all, you win the battle against yeah, the a, monsters? Yeah, in a, in like a big that? glove, yes. In a glove? Yeah. Oversized glove? It's like a metal glove that fits whoever's hand. You know rare. about this. I've seen it because I have kids that are obsessed mm. with it. So. That's what we're going for. Yeah. We want all the the Infinity stones that they are? Yeah. In the, in the giant... Power glove. Remember the power glove in Nintendo? Yes, I do. I'd say we're <laughs> more of the rich kids venture. had the power glove. We're more like kidney stones than infinity stones. But oh, yikes. <laughs> that improv class. Yeah, really, <laughs> really, really <laughs> Ricky's back. She's. I love it. I love we're in these uh, conference rooms, and Ricky's not behind the glass, but right next to us. It feels like a different show, and I like it. I also like that every time we go to a new conference room, it reminds me it brings back bad memories of uh, meetings connected to this show. This oh, was yeah. the room where uh, in a uh, – it was, again, there were probably 12 people here. Uh, we were on one side of the table, all these shadow league figures on the other, being shouted down out. I don't even need to get into what it was about, but being told that we couldn't do something for the show that we wanted to do. It was another – it was spearheaded by a bald, a, a bald man. That's all I'll say. A very serious – Very uh, serious-minded. Bald man. Self-serious bald man who told us we couldn't do what we wanted to do, uh, and now he's gone as well. So that's the other nice little recurring theme, all these uh, <laughs> evil shadowy league figures who stood in the way of our great podcast, our humble podcast. Uh, 
just being washed away while we survive. It's got a sinister feel. I did hear one thing that you two did a show together, and people gave it high ratings, really? which that put me at ill at ease also. <laughs> just thought maybe they've found something better than what we have already. I'm never sure how to figure out where to find these ratings. <laughs> Wes and I took note of it. We had a private dinner to discuss. <laughs> um, options. Just leave it at that. I don't think the Greg Mark pod would do as well. <laughs> All right. This is the Monday edition uh, of the Around the NFL podcast. A lot to get to. It is still the quiet season, but things are starting to percolate now. Think of it like an old graveyard and the thriller video. You mm, know, yeah. During the interlude or all of a sudden things start moving, going bump in the night because the NFL is slowly coming back to life. Corpses coming out of the ground. It does sound like a horror show. But it's back, you know, and we, we uh, and next week teams will report. Um, I think teams are even reporting this week, right, to training camp, or is it next week? I think it's the 21st. 21st. So we're getting there, and once that happens, not only is the uh, new NFL season in, in full swing, essentially, we will go back to three times a week um, when that happens. Uh, but for now, we have one uh, another week of – Two shows, and on today's show, July 15th, still, you know, very, you know, it's the middle of the summer. So let's not get crazy about, like, we're in the middle of the league here all of a sudden. Yeah, money's drop at the beginning was a blatant lie. We are not ready for the <laughs> – Not at well, all. Was it, it go, impatient for the season to start or something like yeah, that? No, Total no, fabrication. In a no. couple of weeks, we were at West Manor. Yeah. What, what did we call your uh, – Westsylvania, I don't Westsylvania. know. <laughs> uh, the over the weekend, had a great time. I brought the boys and my wife, Emily. And uh, you you really have brought the spirit of Tybee to the west side of Los Angeles. You know, you got people. You have lepers coming. You have, uh, you have neighbors. Neighbors you across have, the street. Neighbors you next door. You know, friends, family, foes. Everyone's welcome at Westsylvania. Well, I like inviting people to things. But also, I think when you've been through something like cancer, like, to me, one of the reasons I'm into cooking now is one of my life goals is just to surround myself with people I enjoy being around and totally shun the rest of society. I like that you're bringing foes over, though, according to Dan. And so lepers. That's well, not foes, just neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, delicious ragu, Wes. Well oh, yeah, done. I made the ragu that I talked about making for a dead man, Anthony Bourdain. That's right. That's yeah. right, on the, our previous show. Check it out. All right. Uh, anyway, so July 15th. Uh, what if we made some predictions three months from today, October 15th of 2019? That will be the uh, Tuesday, just so you know, after week six completes. Monday mm. Night Football is the 14th. Uh, it's a matchup between two teams. I forgot who, who the matchup was. It's fine. Um, but week six complete, where will we be in the NFL? So a couple of predictions each. Uh, but before that we do that, how about some news? Come back, Colonels, with Mark Sessler. 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 The range of your voice, Dan. <laughs> you missed this. You missed me. That song I did not miss. <laughs> Going to be real with you there. Uh, let's get into it. Um, Ezekiel Elliott 
According to a report from Pro Football Talk, he has privately said that he's planning a training camp holdout. Oh, boy. Okay, so, of course, last week, Melvin Gordon of the Chargers said he was looking to hold out until he gets a new deal. And Zeke might be in the same boat, per a league source. Um, he is saying he will hold out training camp. He wants a new contract. Um, but unlike Melvin Gordon, Zeke Elliott West is not in a contract year, uh, but he wants to get that guap, and he wants it now. Anything to be worried about here as a Cowboys fan? Well, it's Charles Robinson from Yahoo added some context to this report, and he's basically saying talks have been ongoing, and this week will be very important as far as the, um, I guess, tenor of those talks. If it's positive, that's all Zeke Elliott needs to know, and he's going to report for camp. But if it goes haywire and it goes sideways, then he knows in his back pocket I can I can hold out a training camp and see if I can force force their hand. Unlike Melvin Gordon, this guy is the engine that makes the offense go, and he is their team identity. Yeah, it's almost like Gordon's trying to make that argument, but Zeke doesn't need to make it because it's clear as, as day that their offense once again will evolve around him entirely. And that's one area where I kind of trust Jerry Jones because he is very faithful to his star players and you know for years probably got – criticized for overpaying his own guys, but they're not going to allow this, I think, to turn into a some sort of monstrous holdout. No way. Well, here's the thing. Whereas Melvin Gordon does not carry the Chargers the way Zeke does the Cowboys, Gordon also has injury issues, which has not been an issue with Zeke, but Zeke has off-the-field issues, which would be something I guess could potentially cause give a team pause. However, I don't think this is going to be a situation like you think back. What did the Cowboys do the last time they had an elite rusher who wanted money to Marco Murray? They just ran him into the ground, waited till the contract ran out and got the best years out of Murray and then let him go. I'd be surprised if it happens with Zeke because he is, he is kind of, in some ways, with Dak and Jera, the face of the franchise. And um, I think they'll get a deal done. This feels like something that will get done, whereas with Melvin Gordon, I don't see it. I think he's like, so Zeke makes just north of $9 million next season, 2020. And he's looking at Todd Gurley scheduled to make $17 million plus in a what is going to be a reduced role going into this year. It's like I, it makes complete sense for Zeke to say, pay me now. The way DeMarco Murray played in his career year, that's the way Zeke plays every game. Like That's the production you expect out of him every single game, and I think that's the difference. The Cowboys know that he's their best player. Uh, let's move on. Today, Monday, was the deadline for franchise-tagged players to get deals done. Uh, and we got a couple here that did get done, and one notable name did not get done. Let's, get, let's start with the guys that got it done. Grady Jarrett and the Falcons agreed to a four-year, $68 million contract. That from Rap Sheet, uh, the deal comes with $42.5 million in guarantees. Uh, they got the deal done a little more than an hour to spare ahead of the 4 p.m. Eastern uh, deadline on Monday to for franchise tag players. Uh, he had signed his tag for $15.2 million back in April, and the two sides kept working at it. Uh, and where does that put Jarrett now? $17 million per year average on the four-year pack places Jarrett behind only Aaron Donald, $22.5 million, and Fletcher Cox, $17.1 million among interior defensive linemen. Wes, uh, does he deserve to be in that neighborhood? Yeah, based on the timing of this contract and the franchise tag, he deserves it. I think if you look at his breakout game basically came in the Super Bowl 
against the Patriots. I believe he had three sacks. And since then, he's been in sort of the Geno Atkins, Jarrell Casey tier, just behind Aaron Donald and Fletcher Cox, who who I think are accepted as the two better ones there. I think he's extremely – he's versatile. He's been ex- totally consistent. He's 26 years old. He could get a third contract from the Falcons at some point. And their front office does – finds a way to get these deals done. And this is a major bounce-back defense this year because of all the injuries they had last year. You're getting them all back, and he's at the center of it. Uh, another big-time star of the Falcons looking for deals, Julio Jones, the wide receiver. Rapsheet reports that Jones – and an extension is now the Falcons, quote, most pressing priority, but it could take a while. So keep an eye on that. Another player who got a long-term deal uh, ahead of the deadline. Robbie Gould is staying in San Francisco. After all, after all this, Robbie Gould signs a deal. Tom Pelissero reported Monday uh, that the Niners and the kicker agreed in principle on a long-term deal. Uh, they had up until the deadline today. And why is this a surprise? It's a four-year deal worth $19 million, first two years fully guaranteed from Rap Sheet. Why is this a surprise? Because Robbie Gould's been putting it out there. He didn't want anything to do with staying in San Francisco. There's some tough talk on both sides here. A lot of people were connecting Gould to Chicago. And uh, the song's so good. It's fantastic. It gets better every time we play it. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, money talks and blank walks. Mark Sessler. I like watching Wes move his body right now to this music. You Shake know, I mean, two halves a butt. This whole thing w- was a bit mystifying because he was talking about wanting to be close to his family in the Midwest. Well, you know what makes a family feel connected? How about millions of dollars flowing into your checking account? That connects families. This guy's sure like, does. he's like the Nick Casario of kickers. You think he's out the door? He doesn't want anything left to do with his old employer? And they pull him back in. And guess what? Now you can take a private jet to Chicago whenever you want. Please. He's building that house. No problem. Now the Bears don't have a kicker. Well, they still don't. I mean, have if a this kicker. was their plan, like they, you know, that was just <laughs> reaching <laughs> to begin with. Maybe a better plan than signing a guy named Blewett. Uh, yeah. At least they got Blewett out of the building. What a disaster. Uh, one player did not get his long-term deal ahead of Monday's deadline. Jadavian Clowney, uh, the two sides. Uh, the Texans and Clowney uh, failed to get business done. Didn't sound like it ever got serious. It was serious about happening. I heard, um, I was doing some, you know, reading this morning. I heard that part of the issue between Clowney and the Texans is Brian Gain, Pearl Rivers finest, who is no longer with the organization. Uh, He wanted an extension for Clowney. Bill O'Brien, not so hot about the idea. Gain gets washed out, and Bill O'Brien, they didn't even, they're not even hiring a general manager this season. So it's Billy O'Brien's show there, so perhaps connect the dots. Dan, you have been, perhaps on this podcast, the most vocal Texan supporter over the past couple of seasons. I'd say so. Are you a little worried about the, I guess, chaos? Chaos is the word I'm thinking of? Mm-hmm. Who's running this <laughs> ship, and what's the future like? Because there's not much depth on this roster that's very star-heavy. I get it, and uh, the idea that they're antagonizing Jadavian Clowney uh, and perhaps not looking to keep a, a star pass rusher. We just talked about it on last week's show. I don't know if he's in the superstar club. I don't have him in mind, but he is obviously a big-time impact player. I bet his contract demands are in the superstar club. Absolutely. Uh, so you want to keep those guys healthy and productive, and I don't know if it's a smart idea not to do business with Clowney, but it doesn't sound like they're going to. To your greater question, I just, you know what? Bill O'Brien seems like maybe a prickly guy to deal with. 
But they've Same. had results under him. I know not Super Bowl result, results, but that team has been um, very competitive. Uh, they're defending division champions, and they have in Deshaun Watson, a guy that you could build around for a decade. I think they're okay. I know it's not the deepest roster, but I think they're going to be competitive in that division um, regardless. If you got the last two years of Clowney over the course of his career, would, there, would this just have been done? last off season or before because now you have to ask like you call him a, a star pass rusher but sacks aren't his number one trade i think he does a lot well but what, how do you do you pay him like von miller i, I think I, it's a tricky question. contract it's, speaking of watson he was of course and mark this is breaking news too but he was added to the superstar club uh well this one you, you know like i did not spend a lot of time on twitter but it was hard not to gauge the reaction to this piece that you wrote last week highly was... critical reaction uh <laughs> it, it started building like a um like a snowball turning into what do they call giant snowball is it the avalanche yeah i mean that would be you know, that like would the be the end, one? the end game would be an avalanche like the indiana jones type thing only is you know it got big it was chasing after me sure. i don't think there's a name for that other that's than a giant that was snowball. that was a boulder by the way but fair enough <laughs> yeah i know um <laughs> But, like, the, the snowball version of a boulder is what I meant. Okay. Snow boulder. <laughs> anyway. Um, it started to pick up the heat and the criticism because not only did I put Watson in, I took Tom Brady out. and You know, even Barstool took the stinky cheese. Really? Yeah. They wrote a whole article up about it and uh, could have predicted that. Uh, they weren't happy with it. They gave a, a, a nuanced take on why – uh, the NFL.com reporter was wrong, which, you know, whatever. <laughs> Thanks for amplifying my piece. I'll take the clicks. That's you all. really handled this well. You didn't. Me- you haven't mentioned. I had no idea there was kind of this kind of strife going on in your life. I mean, Will Brinson <laughs> turned on you a little bit, I thought, on Twitter today. Not a, I wouldn't know, turn as strong, but he had a heel sort turn. of asked you where you were coming from, and you openly <laughs> acknowledged, if I saw your response, that you had no idea what you're doing. When you write something in a Starbucks and, on a Thursday night in early July about football, Sometimes you just you write it and then you just send it off to your yeah. editor and you forget about it. What I forgot about is when there's nothing <laughs> going on in the NFL <laughs> and you write that Tom Brady's no longer a superstar and it's on the NFL.com platform, a lot of people are going to write about that and people aren't going to be happy. But I could take it. You see these shoulders, Wes? Powerful. I agree Put it on you. me. And you know what else? None of it matters. It doesn't matter what their opinions of Tom Brady. It doesn't matter what your opinion of Tom Brady is or well, their opinion of your opinion. Whoa, 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 I'm not sure Dan agrees with that. September, slow down. September 8th <laughs> football games are going to start, and what you thought about Tom Brady in July is going to mean nothing. Take it easy. Unless I'm right, because then I'll be bringing it up on a near constant basis. One of these days I will be right. Moving on, uh, this came out late last week, a report in the Wall Street Journal that part of the negotiations toward the new CBA involve the pitch of an 18-game season uh, coming from the league side. This is something we've heard for years now, uh, but now it's something that's kind of uh, tangible that you could talk about because it's part of the negotiations. Uh, Union Executive Director Demora Smith confirmed that report, essentially, uh, and had this to say, about it. I don't see an 18-game schedule under any circumstance being in the best interest of our players. If somebody wants to make an 18-game proposal, we'll look at it. I haven't seen anything that makes me think that it would be good for the players. Thoughts? Mark, you're not happy about it. Well, I, to me, it's, it's pure greed. It's the concept of just more and more and more. Where there, this football has thrived in this age of media and television because its biorhythms are set perfectly 
to American schedules, and we don't need two extra games. And, and the whole concept of adding games was to remove preseason games. You're now telling me that I get why the players don't like it. What, what's in it for the fan that has to decide when they're buying tickets to a game which one is going to suddenly have quarterback X starting instead of a star player if you're going once a year because the tickets already cost a bundle? How do coaches have to suddenly treat their rosters like fantasy football lineups where you're shuffling offensive linemen and star players and outside of injury, you're going to have to take your best players out two games a season? I mean, it's, it's riddled with issues. I don't see a single thing about it that makes sense to me at all. I love to hear someone come up with a reason why it's better for anyone at all. Wes, will anyone think about the fantasy teams, too? What have you, 1816 proposal, or your biggest stars <laughs> are playing two weeks? Come on! Well, there's all these can of worms that will be open, and Mark alluded to that, but, you know, you have to satisfy the player health thing first. And if, it, if you find a plan that makes sense where they knock preseason da- games down to, like, one for established players and one for roster hopefuls, and then make it 18 games, but players have to sit for two games... But then how do you the, – that kind of makes sense to me. You're starting to satisfy. The players get an extra bye week. So you're satisfying some of that. But at what point do you, fo- do you solve the quarterback issue? You can't have quarterbacks sitting for two games and then play backups and that decides who, go to, who goes to the playoffs. Well, one idea is that they put all this protection in for certain players, inc- including, of course, quarterbacks. What if they are exempt from the sit for two games? Uh, but, you know, other players that are in – you know, more high-risk positions, put it that way, would be eligible for such a thing. I mean, it just seems a little – it just seems – you know what? Everything's perfect the way it is. Right. Like Mark it, was saying, it, it's, it's per- 16 games is perfect. I know it's not as – it doesn't make as much money, but it, it, it just works, and it's worked since 1977 or whatever, and there's no reason to mess with it. They when are, when are you starting the schedule, by the way? Are, you, are we suddenly starting the regular season in August, or are we going to go deep into February – Give me a break on that front. You guys know because this has been reported for at least six or seven years. There is a plan to have $25 billion in revenue by, what, the year 2024 Um, or 2020? One of those. Somewhere in the 2020s, they want $25 billion in revenue. I want the exact year, Wes, before you go on with your question. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Anyway, like growing it internationally and growing it through more games are the two ways to get more money. I'll give the final word because it's a great one from – D. Smith. If a coal miner is willing to spend more time in the hole, that is correct terminology. We use that all the time back in Florida. Does it likely result in more money? Yeah. Is that a good thing for him as a person? Probably not. That's the question nobody confronts. It's easy to say it's more money, but is it good for us? The answer is no. Can we think about the coal miner? Can we stop comparing millionaires to coal miners, please? I mean, it's just a, I, I, just I a humble request. <laughs> Please stop comparing coal miners to millionaires. <laughs> Moving on, retirements. It's retirement season. Players decide they're quitting, hanging up the cleats. Derek Morgan's one of them. The linebacker told ESPN he's retiring at the age of 30. My purpose in life is bigger than the game, Morgan said, amongst other things. The, 19th, the number 16 overall pick, 2010 out of Georgia Tech. Morgan spent his entire career with the Titans, compiling 305 tackles, 44 and a half sacks, 26 pass defended, five forced fumbles, sixth all-time in sacks in Titans Oilers franchise history. Um, the linebacker missed three games in 2018 due to shoulder and knee injuries. He was a free agent, and he walks away. 
a starting pass rusher with 0.5 sacks on the entire season. Did not get any interest on the open market. Time to walk away. Sometimes you get retired. Sometimes the NFL retires you, but this guy seems like a bright guy who's got a lot of prospects ahead of him. Mm. Uh, more trouble for the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. Clint Bowling has called it a career. The team announced Monday, fourth-round pick out of Georgia in the 2011 draft. He started 112 of his 114 appearances for the Bengals. Uh, a rock for that team on their line. Uh, started for them last year, but he dealt with, and Mark, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. You've dealt with, unfortunately, some issues of blood clotting. Have we talked about that on the show? If not, we'll take this I right now. I believe we have. No, we have. We have. <laughs> <laughs> You've had some blood, it's come blood up. clots. Yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> Marissa Contepelli uh, of At Bangles Marissa uh, said, after speaking with Clint Bowling today, he indicated a blood clot in his right leg was discovered after the season ended. He met with a number of specialists this offseason, but decided it was ultimately about his family, said he's excited to chase around his daughters this fall. Go ahead, Mark. I mean, to me, the only thing that confuses me a bit is that I've been hospitalized three times for blood clot issues. Reverse humble brag. <laughs> I guess that is. A, I am bragging about that on some level. I'm not. It was. Yeah. It, it, like the two of the times is because I was not on medication. And if you're on blood thinners, you, sh- you essentially cannot get a blood clot. So I don't know if the issue would be if this is the primary reason he's retiring is that you can't play on blood thinners. I, I guess that could be dangerous also. But when I read that, it kind of threw me because it's something that a lot of people deal with and continue to work. But they work in offices. They don't get smashed by defensive tackles right. necessarily. Quite a difference. And yes. um, as you remember, 2019 first-round pick for Cincinnati, Jonah Williams, tore the labrum in his shoulder. He's also out for the season. So, um, you know, there's there is – they sneaky, have issues. There's a sneaky level of optimism around your former love, West, the Bengals. That was Zach Taylor there. Perhaps they can turn things around and start going in a more successful, maybe a more exciting direction. Except that it's a franchise with no distinct interest in winning. Well, that's a problem. But the if you don't have anybody to protect the quarterback and to block for the running backs, uh, it's going to be a tough go. We'll see what they can do. Well, I think at various points in this offseason you've heard Mark Greg and myself say the Bengals might be better than people think they are. That has slowed to a halt and <laughs> skidded to a fiery <laughs> crash with their offensive line being even worse than it was last year. What well, I mean, See, you, that's what, you know, that's why I held back. That's why I didn't hear. You, know, you were I didn't say, a measured, a measured response. I didn't say though, yeah. Yeah. said the Bengals would be better than people think. <laughs> I just said Tom Brady sucks now. That's all I said. Um, all right, and uh, in suspension news. Richie Incognito suspended two games uh, for violating the personal conduct policy. Uh, That goes back to an April incident at an Arizona funeral home. I will not get into the details here, but if you want to hear some bizarre stuff, and again, makes you wonder uh, what the Raiders were thinking, perhaps uh, bringing this man in their building, but I guess he can block giant men trying to kill the quarterback. uh, So you give him a shot, but he is suspended two games, also suspended Uh, My boy, Chris Herndon, a very promising tight end for the Jets, a guy that really flashed as a uh, 22-year-old rookie last year. He is suspended four games uh, for a DUI. I was a little surprised when I saw four games. Usually it's not that heavy, but then I read about some of the details of the DWI. It was not pretty. It involved an accident that injured other people, and he was very drunk at the time of the accident, according to the local police. So Chris Herndon, uh, I really like you as a player. 
but get your head on straight, son. It's it's kind of the worst situation if you're Sam Darnold to roll into a pretty rough early season schedule without your tight end. I just would want my second-year quarterback to grow with that very promising tight end. not ideal. Uh, He'll be back week five. I think the one thing about the NFL that confuses me the most is how many chances Richie Incognito gets to play in the league. You said it. I mean, he make we don't need to get into that incident, but it is a colorful incident, and he finds ways to get suspended and punished in in it, to a degree of variety that few other players have. Well put. Finally, in the news, this under a headline from Pro Football Talk: Would Mike Vrabel cut his genitals off to win a Super Bowl? Play it, Ricky. Would you cut your off for a Super Bowl? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Been married twenty years. Yeah, probably. You've got three. <laughs> As a player. I guess I'll be married for 20 years one day. Would you? Would, if, if you, you, won't, you, won't, if you won't need, you home, won't need it. If you came yeah. home holding a bag of ice and Jen was like, oh, honey, what'd you do? She'd be like, I thought you already got fixed. I, I made already, the ultimate sacrifice. I had to cut my dick off, honey. We're going to win a Super Bowl. She'd be like, eh, all right. I, she, or would she it, be upset? She'd probably be on board. She would be like, do you want me to do it? Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to do it now? <laughs> Mike Vrabel, a student of the Al Bundy School of Comedy. Uh, he was a guest on a podcast hosted by Titans left tackle Teller Luan and former Titans linebacker Will Compton, and you heard that whole exchange. Uh, yes, he, Vrabel won three Super Bowls with the Pats, but he'd give it all up. He'd say sayonara to the manhood, Wes, if it meant winning a title for the Titans. Well, unbeknownst to you, maybe – there are teams who already asked that question during the combine. <laughs> <laughs> it's such like a 90s, like, um, married guy thing to do. It's like, hey, I don't need it no more. Hey, I've been married a long time. That thing's useless to me at this point. Am I right? Am I right over here? In Nothing. This, like in this – oh, well, that's absurd. In this scenario – is he this age when this procedure happens and he suddenly becomes, like, magically a better player? I, I don't know. I, the whole thing makes sense. Wait, no. what? Say that again? So he's saying he would love to um, win another Super Bowl, and in exchange he would give up this very valuable part of his body. Ain't that, no valuable no more. But is, it, is he would be this age? What team would need him no, with, to, with or without his coach, genitals? He would give up his genitals to be the head coach champion of the Titans. From a coaching, I don't know. I think I think it's a it's a heavy sacrifice to make. I don't I don't <laughs> think that nothing seems that important. It's a materialistic. Take my wife, please. That's what's happening in the news. All right, let's see. Let's get into it, boys. Stop messing around. How you enjoying it, Mark? You feel you feel back in the flow? It's enjoy. I mean, we are in a very strange. I don't. Every couple minutes, I look up and there's like a corporate worker staring at us from one of their desktops computers can they hear is this sound i don't know that's that part of it's awkward but i'm wearing sunglasses the show is going okay this is my new look by the way (laughs) i'm now a shock jock dan is wearing (laughs) his sunglasses with the bose bluetooth technology inside the man wears hey there we go i mean if we weren't concerned about our employment here before it's starting to head into that territory let's get into it Fearless predictions for October 15th, 2019. We each will go around We'll go around the horn twice here, throwing out some fearless predictions we have for the uh, new season through week six. Uh, Mark, would you like to get us going? Let's have some fun. All right. So 
one thing that does concern me um, that I'm noticing that's picking up too much steam this summer is the hype around my Browns. And I'm naturally just mm. concerned in general about the other shoe dropping and dropping with a vengeance. But October 15th would kick off essentially Cleveland's bye week. And I am predicting that at that time, and I'm not trying to be a downer here or play some sort of psychological mm. warfare with anyone, that they <laughs> are going to be a 2-4 and four team with the media turning on them extremely violently. They open with the Titans, Jets, Rams, Ravens, Niners, and Seahawks. I predict they will beat the Titans and 49ers and lose out the rest of that opening six-game slate. People will be asking, what is up with Cleveland's offense? What's up with Cleveland's secondary? What is up with Miles Garrett? Will Baker Mayfield survive behind this line? Is Steve Wilkes the wrong fit for this defense? Is Freddie Kitchens completely underwater? Should we be concerned that Odell Beckham this time around used a Bic lighter to set a kicking net on fire (laughs) along the sideline after dropping a would-be game-winning touchdown pass in that awful Week 2 loss to the Jets? Mm. What happened to the feel-good vibes of last season? Can we trust the Haslams to not blow up the machine again? Does this entire season hinge on Cleveland returning from the bye and knocking off the New England Patriots in New England. Mm. You left out Todd Monken clashing with the head coach. You, you left that one out. That might be the spark that sets it all <laughs> off, and that has already happened according to some reports. So you, Your preamble included something about not playing psychological games here. <laughs> well, This is I a reverse mean, jinx, classic reverse jinx, it's which maybe, is fine. I, I do the same I, thing. I have noted that it is not psychological warfare, so you have to <laughs> believe me on that. But I do think that schedule – Titans win win or loss, who knows? And I think they're gonna. That's a kind of a team, Cleveland, that's gonna take time to gel. Or we, you know, I'm not sure that's gonna happen in training camp. You'll be fine against the, the Jets. Titans game freaks one. me out just because it's all this energy between us and the show about it. I see that going. It'll be a close uh, game. It's gonna be rough. Yeah. Uh, the Rams is very rough. I think the Ravens could win that division. The 49ers, I think it's in San Francisco, and then the Seahawks. What's where's let me spin the, it the other way here? You got the Titans at home. Come on. Mariota's going to throw for 112 yards. Not if Mike Rabel, you know, (laughs) goes through with his plan here. I mean, this concerning evidence. At Jets, the Jets are no powerhouse. Come on. Let's not go crazy here. They won't even have Herndon. I just think that they are going. Cleveland is losing that game because it's too much remembered from last year. I think there's going to be a flip-flop there. What if we let it play out? All right. (laughs) Home home to the Rams. Tough game, but not as hard as if you were on the West Coast. At Ravens. Tough game. Very Rough. tough game. At Niners, uh, you know, the big bell bottom, does that scare you to go into San Francisco? That's the other win I gave them. And uh, Seattle at home, which is will be tough. But, again, you're in your building. You play well there. Now, I would say if I were to continue the prediction, I think they're going to round into shape. But I think it's going to be a rough start. And we're all, where the media – this is a scenario where if they, if they struggle early, it is going to be absolutely rough and tumble ugly for the way the media is going to treat Cleveland. They are going to, the are going to pounce because they've already acted like they've won three Super Bowls. They won seven games last year. It will be viewed Let's as a personal down. affront to the national media if Cleveland doesn't back up all of the, you know, puff pieces and praise. What could go wrong? They're going to take it personally. Wes, you're up. We spent the whole winter making our little jokes. Sports <laughs> writers did. Oh, then everybody got to hire the next Sean McVay. All these offensive gurus. You could be 28 years old and get a job. That was the off-season conversation. The October 15th discussion is going to be, we need 
an ancient defensive coordinator. We need a master defensive mind because the best minds in the game are Bill Belichick, Vic Fangio. Uh, who's who's the guy from the Ravens? Um, Wink Martindale. All these old dudes. Bum Phillips, Mike Zimmer, and they're the best defense. And people are going to be asking. Wade Phillips. You know, Bum. Oh yeah, great Bum, coach. Son that, of uh, son of Bum. No longer with us. Um, instead of praising all these offensive young minds, people are going to be asking, why do you have to be ancient to run a good defense in the NFL? Mm. Do you think it's because some of these offensive minds, for instance, the Bengals' new coach, some of these guys are going to struggle through week six? I think six? it's because Vic Fangio is going to blow Fangio. the door off people with, with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller and a guy like Shelby Harris who was lights out down the street for the Broncos, and they're going to be returning to like Super Bowl 50 form on that defense. Look at you carrying the torch for Denver again. <laughs> I just like Vic Fangio. And their quarterback. Well, I, I think the quarterback's way better than other people think he is. So, yes. Wonderful. I like that. All right. That's a good one. Week six in the books, 2019. Anybody else have any other thoughts about that? So you, you're you saying where where's where's the young dogs? Where's the... I'm saying it's an inherently um, experience matters way more on defense than it does on offense. On offense, you are creative. You are bringing the action to the defense. The defense is responding to what the offense is doing. Got it. And I think experience really helps because you've seen it all. You've been around. You can take different bits from your past. So and it's contingent on the young, new new faces on offense succeeding, and that is a that is an unknown at this point. Well, take take Fangio himself, who you know was great in, for, in with the 49ers when he was there. But last year, what did he spend all last year doing in practice? Going against Matt Nagy, who's got the Andy Reid offense. Matt Nagy's own offense was impressive. Like, he's one of these bright young minds, and I think Faggio has been defending against that for a while. (laughs) I'll throw one out there. Um, You know, a few weeks back uh, on this podcast earlier in the summer, I threw out the possibility that Patrick Mahomes might not ever reach the heights of what he did in his first year starting and I drew the Marino's 84 season as a parallel, that Marino was a Hall of Fame great even be after 84, but never reached the same heights. And now I'm thinking about it more, and I'm like, why would I even want to put that out there? I'm going to go the other way. On top of the Tom Brady stuff, you're going down this avenue. Yeah, no, too. I'm going to go the other way, because why would I even – because then you know, how, you know how we are. This is what we do for a living. So if Mahomes was struggling a little bit, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I nailed that. No, forget about that. <laughs> I'm not going to get on that on that uh, corner. Instead, I'm going to say by week six through week six, Mahomes will again be pacing the league in nearly every relevant quarterback statistical category, be the heavy early favorite for MVP, and essentially be the guy that tore the league apart last year. And strangely, and I say this, I don't know if this is more just in our studio or in my head or what, it's almost like Mahomes isn't getting enough love for what he accomplished last year, which was remarkable. And remember, this guy was probably playing in the Super Bowl last year if his defense, his crummy Kansas City defense, could get a stop. The guy doesn't even get a chance to get on the field in the overtime of the AFC title game because Tom Brady, former superstar, marched right down the field and got it done. So I'm just going to say that Mahomes is going to be out of his mind again this year, put up stats that are going to approach what he did last year or even surpass it because he is that once-in-a-generation guy 
we were due for the next like mind-blowing athlete in the NFL, transcendent Michael Jordan type guy. It is Patrick Mahomes. I'm getting behind it. He'll be tearing the league apart again by the middle of October. I can't believe all that. Well said, well said. I can't believe you said he almost doesn't get enough credit. Like people act like he invented the um, <laughs> the the left-handed pass that Brett Favre already did. They act like nobody's ever thrown it as far, like outside of a stadium or whatever. Patrick Mahomes did not invent like the scrambling play where he has to. He improvise. invented the no look pass. No one's done that in the NFL at that level. Okay, he did not give him that. Okay, here's here's a story. Um, Nineteen seventy seven NFL skills competition in Hawaii. All these quarterbacks are there. Um, Pastorini just throws it twenty yards further than Der- Terry Bradshaw. Dan Pastorini is the Oilers quarterback at the time. They're back at the hotel drinking a bunch of these quarterbacks. And Bill- shocker. Billy Kilmer dares Pastorini to throw a football up four stories of the hotel. Pastorini takes it out and throws it ten stories. <laughs> and here's here's the punchline. Up, line. not down. Here's the punchline. United says, yeah, but his receiver was on the fifth floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you could, anybody could throw the ball over I'm the mountains. I'm saying, like, people have had strong arms before. Right. And it was reported that Mahomes threw the ball out of the stadium in Arrowhead recently. That also was not that. Do you remember back in the day? Remember the Aerobee, the Frisbee, the it's it's still around. It's the like the orange ring that does has no center. Yes. And they threw that thing out of Giant Stadium. Someone later threw it across Niagara Falls. I mean, so you know. And what did it get that person? It got nothing not for that. Thing. I don't even know who it was who did it. So heck of an heck of an advertisement for that product. That well, I had one of those, and you could literally throw it across. Like we had, we had, uh, you could throw it through a neighbor's yard to the neighbor beyond, right? Or and six neighbors if you had the arm. When I was um, a kid, a teenager, um, you know the way it is with the season tickets package, where they basically rope fans into buying two home preseason games at price of a regular season game. So when my dad at his job, the only Jets tickets that would be floating around a lot were either. Games in December when they were already buried in the standings or those two preseason home games. So we went to a home game every year just about because some guy would be offloading the tickets in August. And uh, always halftime. It didn't matter what year. It was like 1991 through 2003. Any preseason game we went to, it's the dude throwing the Frisbee 80 yards and the dog (laughs) catching it. They just ran that thing back. I don't know if it's the same dog or what. But, yeah, you could fling that. It might have been the same frisbee. It is eternally entertaining, though. That's part of the reason. Dogs catching things at a deep distance. Um, All right. So Mahomes tears it up. Let's go one more time around the horn. Because I could be the guy that says he's coming down to earth. And I was that guy about 35 days ago. I appreciate your about face. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that says this guy's going to do things that's going to rewrite the history books. I'm on that train. Well, you dumped that negative energy off you. Thank you. Why not be a positive force? And then once the Jets actually become a contender, if they become a contender, then I will wish ill upon Patrick Mahomes and the rest of the Kansas City Chiefs. But right now I'm in that sweet spot where I can be all positive. So you're a better person than Mark who just, like, basically voiced voiced the Browns' problems into existence with his. (laughs) No, I liked what he did there. That was a beautiful reverse jinx. I'm struggling with which which direction to go because I have one that is extremely negative and one that is – I've got uh, a negative one, too. I'm going to go negative. Okay, go ahead. One head coach will be fired by week six. Due to, and I have been thinking about this for weeks. This is, this is happening. One head coach will be fired by week six due to a wild scandal. 
that grips the league early in the season and becomes a national <laughs> and ultimately an international news story. International. Trump will weigh in on the topic. On is this a sandwich Gen- prop? No, this is, this is a prediction that okay. by week six, it is after the week six slate of games that this will essentially, this scandal will eat up huge amounts of real estate on our podcast, mm. on our Twitter show if that happens. It'll make Bountygate look like a chorus trip to Action Park. Remember that place, Dan? That was very dangerous, Action Park. I think that this is going to end where the owner of this team will be forced due to overwhelming public pressure to pull the plug after week six action to get rid of this coach. When the owner necessarily does not want to do it, but he has to. Hmm. It's all guesswork. I mean, what we're throwing out is no different than yours, but yours is just kind of predicting something with no there's there's not a it team you be, have in mind that there's well, something percolating. that's a little because because it's so, going to be so negative that if i i initially pit is there something in your head i though? initially pinpointed someone and then i thought that's a little aggro off air yeah talk about it yeah. is he north of ohio <laughs> no okay. is, is he west of the rockies <laughs> no <laughs> can you get to his stadium off I-95 no more questions. Corridor. Does no he have a female questions. owner? No more questions. All right. Uh, All right. I, I will... hope that doesn't happen. It just sounds it sounds not only bad for that guy, and maybe he'll deserve it under whatever the circumstances are, but bad for us. It's bad it for us. doesn't sound fun to talk about. You, you, we were here when Bounty Gate broke, oh. and I'll never forget, he's going to hate this, but David Ely, who was early in his role, basically told me this is a non-issue. This is going to... <laughs> blow over pretty quickly and it turned into a mushroom into an apex total disaster you just I heard him worse it. than that girl <laughs> basically just called to. his news judgment and said it was he has developed an incredible judgment woeful. of news since since i would second that <laughs> he's he's very good at, at deciding what's news and i like dave just fine i and for the record i will take you up on that sandwich prop Mark. okay <laughs> <laughs> um all right uh west one more i feel bad because um i criticized this man's ability to play quarterback for a while. He proved me wrong. Eli Manning. All and, right, let's get into it. Nice. And I really like him as a person and as a player. But my fearless prediction is that Nick Foles will still be seeking his first win in a Jaguars uniform. Oh. Ouch. Oh. Okay. Let me take a look at the Jaguars schedule. That is harsh. Well, I can tell you what the schedule is. All right, you want to go ahead. They have the Chiefs at home. Okay, tough game, but winnable. Tough game, and they don't have really the weapons to keep up with Kansas City if if the Chiefs can score more than 20. Uh, at Houston, at the Texans, game number two. Tough game, tough game. Home versus the Titans. Cupcake layup. Titans, to me, are one of the ten strongest rosters in the NFL. At the Broncos. We know what you think about them. Yes. <laughs> well, nobody's beating the Broncos. That's an that's an eighteen and zero outfit right there. Nineteen and zero. At Carolina Panthers, and the revamped front seven. Tough. That's tough. Scud. Home versus the Saints. Not a gimme. I like their next game though. Right. That's why this works. <laughs> they travel to Cincinnati. Right. To face the punchless Bengals. And then they start to get their sea legs, and then they trounce the Jets. In week eight, I see that coming. All right. Jets will have Herndon back by then. <laughs> they will, and that's a big difference. Uh, I don't know. The way the NFL, the schedule makers, they're really good in that they seem to have almost like a seer-like ability to make sure teams stay above water, most teams. So, for instance, using the Jaguars as, as an example, could they trip up at home against the Chiefs in week one? Yes. Could they go to t- Houston and lose? Absolutely. But then the schedule guys are like, hey, 
Let's give you the Titans at home. You're going to need it. Why are you it. acting like you're, the Titans aren't good? You're going to need it. The Titans will have a win already, so they could deal with the loss. And everybody's going to be one and two and be fine going into Don't the week Titans four. own the Jaguars of late? I'd have to look that up. I, don't I know. think even when the Jaguars had their really good season, the Titans were beating them. Um, all right. Yeah, their last head-to-head matchup, a 30-9 to Titans win. Was that when, uh, uh, when Derrick Henry ran for like 1,000 yards in a game? Is that that particular game? I feel like he ran for 1,000 yards in the entire second half of the season. To answer your question, at least their last three games, the Tennessee Titans have prevailed. So two low-scoring affairs, 9-6 back in September last year, 15-10 on New Year's Eve the season before. Well, I have respect for the Jaguars' defense, and I have respect for Fools, but I really – their offensive line is a mess. Their wide receiver core is a mess. Their running back didn't try last season. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, all right, I'll wrap it up with a little bit more negativity, unfortunately. Um, you guys know, just like I wasn't on board with the Cincinnati bandwagon, I am not all here for the Jimmy G as a stud. Okay. Carnival. Okay. I just, I'm sitting out that merry-go-round <laughs> until I see him do it, and now he's coming off a catastrophic knee injury and all that. Not a great thing. Um, so I'm going to throw this out there. By week six – and you have to understand, this isn't all on Jimmy G. It's also about what's going on around the San Francisco 49ers, an organization that, despite a brain trust reboot, has found very little success in the John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan era, to the point where if they got off to a slow start in 2019, heads could roll. I, don't, I think Shanahan probably be safe through the season. But Lynch is going to need answers. They're going to need to put up a season where they are competing for a playoff spot uh, come December. And they can't afford to fall too far back in the standings. So what if Jimmy G isn't playing well? Because he wasn't playing that well before he got hurt last year. And now he's going to be rusty and he's almost damn near 30 years old and still hasn't really played a lot at the NFL level. What if he gets off to a slow start and the Niners are seeing their season slip away? And, oh, we have this guy. And I know he's getting ready. He's fixing to use a Texan term, for a camp battle um, with C.J. Beathard. But Nick Mullins moved that team on offense last year. They kind of rallied around him. He was a nobody who showed up out of nowhere. And while not a perfect quarterback, he turned the ball over too much and uh, maybe doesn't have all the traits you look for, not the biggest arm and, and whatnot. But he moved that team. He showed a lot of promise in his audition last year. Would they be perhaps tempted to turn it over Uh, to the kid if Jimmy G and the Niners got off to another slow start in 2019. That's a fearless prediction that they just might. I I would struggle to see that happening. There's a lot of money tied up They have their bye early on. They have three games, then they have a bye. And you're talking about someone that's making $20 million next year and $26 million plus over the next three years. So the only thing is if it went real, real rough, it could be part of the master plan where by trade deadline – they have shipped Jimmy G back to the Patriots, and the Patriots get him for less than they sold him, and they have the quarterback in place for the next five years. So be careful what you I don't want for. that. But if you look at their schedule, at Bucks, and I know, Wes, Bruce Arians is at some country club right now. He's not even thinking about football. But Turn the team over to uh, Leftwich. Some people believe that the Bucks are going to be frisky this year, and it's, it's a, they start with two road games, which is not easy schedule makers. Well, one's against the so Bengals, cool. but fair. At Bucks, at Bengals, but two road games, and then home to Steelers, bye, and then home to Browns, who 
even if they do get off to a slow start, Mark, I think they're going to start piecing it together by the time you get to October. And I've already told you that San Francisco is winning that game. I know, I've but seen, I disagree. I've seen enough out of Garoppolo to be more optimistic than Dan, but it's worth noting that he is now, what, 28 years old? He'll be 28 in November, and his entire career is nothing but small sample sizes. We don't really know what he is yet. And that last game, the Week 6 game, at Los Angeles. So if you stumble in those opening road games and then have trouble with the Steelers and Browns, then you're going to the Coliseum. The Rams need to do some business early. Or I mean, the Niners need to do some business early in the season, and they got a quarterback who's going to be knocking off rust. Just keep an eye on it. That's all. Fair enough. And I like Jimmy G, too. I want him to do well. <laughs> like, I don't want to make it seem like I'm rooting for Jimmy G's career to go up in flames. Uh, but it's worth throwing out there that maybe he's not the stone-cold lock franchise savior that we perhaps positioned him in. Is it possible, Chris Wessling, that Jimmy G's last five games of the 2016 season is the new Geno Smith's last two games of the 2014 season? I, it's possible. I think it's much more likely that people are making too much of a deal out of struggling for two and a half games at the beginning of last year. I get that. But like I said, his entire career is small sample sizes, so let's see what happens with 16 games. Nice guy, too. Talk to him after that ridiculous Super Bowl win by the Pats when the uh, Seahawks threw at the goal line. What were they doing there? Malcolm well, Butler? Yeah, we've been over that a few times. But Wes and I actually, after the combine, flew from Indianapolis on a rather infamous flight. We were not sitting near Jimmy G, thankfully. But <laughs> Was that in this uh, conference room, the discussion afterwards? There, no, were, was, there were some discussions. <laughs> Those were other rooms. He couldn't have been nicer, though. We talked to him a couple times. Yeah. In fact, it, when I, leaving LAX, taking a taxi home, I saw him again. He's like, you again. Like, we ran into him like three or four times on this trip. <laughs> that was before he was drafted. You were still hoping he'd be the Browns quarterback. I was. Uh, there you go. It might not have been a coincidence that he kept running into you. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you saying that perhaps – Mark put himself in position for so such encounters. Some, stalker, some well, low-level stalking potential. There's a thin line between stalker and intrepid reporter. They're very thin. And I crossed. I mean, I crossed into both territories <laughs> on that trip. I was talking. We were at the the bar, the tavern after softball last week, talking to our star shortstop, um, masculine guy. Uh, but we kind of stumbled into a conversation where he discussed, despite being a straight man, men that you know he would. Ponder some thoughts in the other direction. And he shocked me by just throwing out Jimmy G is head and shoulders the number one guy. Yeah, he, he was quite adamant that Tom Brady is not in Jimmy G's, Jimmy G's class. But Tom Brady also. The this former is like, superstar. That, that was a hot conversation four years ago. Tom Brady is aging rapidly according to uh, time. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah. No matter what happens to Jimmy G, he's going to be fine. What do you think, Ricky? Yeah, he's okay. Do you miss Do you mm. miss Jimmy G being a Patriot? Because wasn't he, as a Patriot, saying the ultimate security blanket? Ultimately? Oh, it felt great having him back there. Um, but I think it's going to come full circle. Where all of a sudden, there's going to be this crazy trade where we're going to get like George Kittle or something. Wow! Because we traded Jimmy G and out of nowhere. You've been hanging out with Keisha too long. <laughs> So just Wait, watch. you're getting George Kittle in reverse for that trade? For, like yeah. a make good? Because everyone was like, what? Why did Jimmy G go to the 49ers out of nowhere? Like this big deal. How could Belichick do So like do Kittle this? for like a fourth rounder mm-hmm. going oh. back to New England. Mm-hmm. So you're saying this, or is, to, uh, San Francisco. this is more premeditated as opposed to like karma just like deciding. The no, 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 no. This is like a Shanahan owes us now. Well, it's a. 
You, and God knows you could use the That's break. That's the best prediction we've heard all day. So, so there, there was like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge part of the Garoppolo trade at the time? Yeah, come on. We, you know, scratch your back, I'll scratch yours later, you know? I haven't seen a lot of scratching <laughs> for San Francisco so far. That's back to the original well, point. I don't know. I mean, when you're 1-10 and ten and you win five straight games to end the season, I'm not going to put you in Canton. I know that's, that's where everybody's at with this guy. Well, exactly. So <laughs> that's a good why, kid. He's that's a good why, kid. That's why Belichick got rid of him. Mark, he's a good kid. I met I him. I mean, I, I understand that you, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. I hope that works out for you, Reggie. Thanks. Um, with another edition of the pod. Uh, and then after that, are we are we doing three shows next week? Right? Mm-hmm. So it's this back, is it. We're back to normal. That seems that's sobering. It right? is. It very. Um, but we love our job. It's just shocking because the the sum the quote unquote summer for us. It, while everyone's enjoying, you know, late July's. Oh, we got another month of summer. Going to the beach, hanging out with friends. Really, our summer is truncated or shifted from May through kind of mid July. So it, it ends very quickly while everybody else is still just like right in the middle of it all. But don't don't cry for us, Argentina. <laughs> and I know you won't. We've been too busy having fun. We haven't had a chance to enjoy our summer. Well, somehow we, we just push on, don't we? Like it should be a time for relaxation, and I feel like I'm tired because of my summer. <laughs> yeah, just wait till you have kids. Am I right? Hey, I don't are, need, the, I don't need this correct. thing no you more. Correct. Hey, my wife don't need it. I don't need it. <laughs> All right, that's it. This is Dan Hans signing <laughs> off. <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, sign off for the mailman. Uh, the Quiet Storm. And Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Till Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.